Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hollywood 2.0 podcast. This is your host, Rich Silverman. I am here by myself today. My usual co-host, Peter Katz, is out doing mysterious and unknown things. While I am broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location where I am hiding out from assorted creditors, IRS agents, mafia types, and other people who are after me. Is this true? Or am I participating in some sort of live-action role-playing, perhaps? Or a LARP, for short. What is a LARP? Well, we're going to find out today when I talk to Ira Ham, the chairman of the WeirdCon Interactive Story Conference, and Angelique Toshi, who is the marketing director for WeirdCon. This is an event that I'm actually involved with. I am co-creating a mini ARG-type experience with my colleague Hal Hefner, who is the creator of the Gates Online Comic Book, which is sponsored by Heavy Metal Magazine. So if you're at the conference, look for on the schedule something called congenement or the controlled genetic management. It sounds like a mouthful, but what it is is a dystopia, science fiction, interactive narrative that bridges the gap between a transmedia project that Hal and I are working on and the actual Gates online comic book, which you can find right now on Heavy Metal Magazine's uh, website. So I hope you can guys can come by and check it out. And if you can't, do try and seek me out at the conference and tap me on the shoulder or throw a rock or something and come by and be sure to say hi. Well, I'm here with Ira Ham, the chairman of WeirdCon, and Angelique Toshi, who is the marketing director of WeirdCon. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So we are here to talk all things WeirdCon, interactive storytelling, LARPing, and whatever else happens to come up or doesn't come up during the course of this conversation. Ira, I'd like to start with you and just kind of ask you a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into LARPing and interactive transmedia storytelling and anything else you want to share off the bat here. Okay. Well, um, I guess if we're just kicking it off, I should probably explain that I've uh, been involved in this for close to a decade now, and I thought that it was the stupidest thing ever performed or considered anywhere. I was completely against uh, storytelling, um, live-action role-play, um, anything interactive. I was primarily a board game and card game person. You know, the guys who go to Gen Con or hang out and just kind of a book nerd. So why, but, why were you against anything interactive? Because it's an incredibly geeky hobby. And if you want to sit back and, you know, write your own books and stories and go out into the woods and play with foam and sort of things like that. that that's just for nerds. Why, why would I bother doing that? I mean, I can read and hang out with my friends and go to movies and everything else that people are doing. Why, why would I want to get involved in all these strange things that nobody else does? So at, at, at the time, did you, did you self-identify as a nerd or a geek? Or um, not at all? I've always done so, but I've always been in computers. So I've been very heavily into technology for most of my career in my life. So I spent a lot of time uh, in network building computers, programming, things like that. I never really associated more with uh, what I'll call the, the lower levels of the geek hierarchy, if you've ever seen that, uh, that mem. No. But um, I'll send you a picture of it after this. You can search for the geek hierarchy on Google. You'll find it. You'll find LARPers are a few notches down compared to others. Um, but a friend of mine who I was working with convinced me, oh, come on, try it once. It'll be fun. 
So I was running some things at Gen Con SoCal back when it actually existed. And as a result, I stepped into this room after actually donning full costume, like full Renfair garb. I figured if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it completely. And I'm hopping on these little stepping stones. I'm like, wow, I'm in a convention ballroom space, and there's these little wooden stones, and this is really realistic. I totally understand it. And I turn a little corner, and oh, now there's some water portrayed by some mats or uh, just plastic sheeting. Th this is really realistic. I'm totally getting involved in this. Uh, I, I'm poking fun at everything I can possibly find. I'm actually uh, grumbling about the experience. And suddenly I turn the next corner, and this giant seven-and-a-half-foot-tall spider jumps out. And it screams at me, and it charges me. And I scream like a little girl, and I run all the way back to start. I slam the door, and I put my heart over my chest, and I think to myself, maybe there's something to this. What do you think you got out of that experience that, that, that made you think that there's something to it? Was it, was it just a sense of, of you are there, or just a more sense of being kind of wrapped up in a moment that you don't have in your daily life? What, what, what about that particular moment in time sort of converted you? Well... Other than the need for clean underwear, <laughs> the, uh, the thing that came to mind is you pretty much hit the nail on the head, actually. The emotion that you experience. I was in the moment. I mean, yes, it was low quality. The props weren't that great. But I was somewhere else. And the whole point of storytelling and interaction is to take, your, take you somewhere else. I mean, that's why we read, right? To learn and to experience things we normally can't in our daily lives. Same thing happens with interactive storytelling. Same thing happens in a LARP. I was somewhere else, and I realized that it was possible. I'm going to go back to this uh, topic in a little while because it's one that I find really interesting. But I'd like to say hello to Angelique here, and uh, if Angelique can kind of fill our listeners in on, on her background and, and how she sort of wound up here as a marketing director for WeirdCon. Uh, Angelique, you, you don't LARP, is that correct? I have had that experience a couple times, but it is not a active pastime of mine. <laughs> You're more from the non-LARPing transmedia side of things, yes or no? Yes. <laughs> and tell us about that. Um, I actually got involved in transmedia while in grad school. Um, I've always loved technology and being able to, to tell stories with technology way back in my undergrad in the early 2000s. However, it wasn't something that I really understood the full potential of until I was in grad school and I thought, oh, wait, there's something here. There's something really amazing about being able to take so many different types of media and put them together to tell a coherent story. So that's how I was introduced to transmedia. And um, I actually ended up getting my master's in advertising. And a lot of my research and papers and studies were on new media and transmedia storytelling and web series and how to use all these different new technologies to create something different. And I did go to, um, I went to WeirdCon last year and I was actually the moderator for the Transmedia 101 panel and um, I helped put the panel together. And through that I met Ira and 
he needed someone who was in the transmedia world who understood that aspect of um, interactive storytelling, who was knew what the um, alternate reality game world was and could understand that and help to really bring that to WeirdCon as a bigger presence to make it a, a very um, well-rounded convention encompassing all different types of interactive storytelling. So when Ira approached me, I was a little bit hesitant, but it, it, storytelling is something I'm very passionate about, so it just seemed like a really great fit. I've been looking over the, the schedule for this year's BeardCon, and, and you're right. I mean, it really is. It's not, it's not a LARP convention at all. It's, it's all kinds of interactive storytelling. Is this new for BeardCon, or has the conference always been set up that way? Well, the original background goes, it goes into the concept of why WeirdCon was founded to begin with. And I will admit that I wanted to take the concept of LARPing somewhere, because I run a number of uh, LARP chapters in Southern California. But I realized LARP and interactive, and what I actually consider LARP, I define it as interactive theater or interactive storytelling. So interactive storytelling, it needed to be somewhere else. And I started to look, where can you take interactive storytelling further? In a LARP, you are within the story at that moment. If you go to a weekend event, you're in the story during that time. But when you leave it, how do you take that story out into the world? How do you take it to the web to a new level where the media transcends everything else around you? That's, guess what, transmedia. What if you wanted to um, interact or take that from the single point that you had over that weekend and continue the story in a more, uh, in a way it changes your world? in your day-to-day. -day. That's augmented reality. So all of those concepts started to filter into the concept of WeirdCon itself, which is there to continue the story no matter where you are or what you're doing. So it can be as per pervasive as you want it to be. And the goal is to create a place where everybody can come and learn how to cross those boundaries. Because LARPers know how to run a LARP. They don't know how to take it uh, to the next level of transmedia. And transmedia people, they've never run a local event where they can take their story down to a level where everyone has a personal experience. So those sort of cross-boundaries create very interesting scenarios. You know, as, uh, as somebody who's designed ARGs, I have done ARGs that have had live events, but nothing that would kind of, that anybody I think would label as a, as a LARP with all the parameters around it. They're more, they're more like the ARG type of scavenger hunts. So I know I, I for one, would be, am looking forward to learning more about how to actually run a LARP, and in fact, I am uh, working with my friend and colleague, Hal Hefner, to put together an ARG slash kind of mini LARP experience for WeirdCon. In fact, uh, I've got the expert here. What, what's your number one advice? The, the first thing, and probably most important, is to establish the story that will fit within WeirdCon's parameters. So if you're doing an ARG, it's probably going to be a bit pervasive throughout the event. So something where they can travel from place to place, and actually get continuous exposure to your activity. So probably something that fits within the modern world or the styling of the weird kind of events would work. Um, even partnering up with other designers. I know some have actually reached out and said, hey, I want to, to be able to interact other things into my event. So people go in and out, so there's kind of an exchange. And then on top of that, being able to take that world and the description of it and let it transcend what you're trying to do. And what I mean by that is, from, 
for the attendees, the only thing they really get exposure to prior to your event is your event description. And one thing we always try to push is be as detailed and as rich in that description as possible because that's your advertisement. And you want to attract those people in and grab them. And something that continuously pulls and raises the interest of your event continuously is what will succeed at WeirdCon. So you get a great description, a pervasive world, so you run things continuously throughout, and then you do something that's unique within WeirdCon itself, and you usually have a successful story. Because WeirdCon is always about the story. Yeah, and I, I was going to say that it's got to be the story that matters because the, the event that we're running, and I'm sure there's a lot of events that kind of fall under similar, uh, in a similar umbrella, is science fiction and kind of futuristic. And obviously we don't have millions of dollars to have special effects and fancy costumes and stuff. So the story, you really need to rely on, on the, the story and the emotional content of what you're telling to transcend the budget. Exactly. And uh, drawing people in, and probably the last piece of advice is keep it simple. Because if you make something too complicated, no one's going to understand it. So take uh, Angelique, she's not an active LARPer by any means, and so she's not used to a reading a very long story description. Whereas uh, someone who is uh, will actively seek out longer stories. And that's one of the greatest challenges at WeirdCon, because we're putting together three distinctly different audiences the transmedia, the interactive storytelling, and uh, those who haven't been exposed enough to either. And those people all have different requirements. And finding that balance is tricky. And that's actually something that we as WeirdCon and you as the designer are uh, working to resolve continuously. And we've gotten better from the first year, but it's something that I think that's going to take several years before we actually find the right mixture to actually get all of these audiences working together at their, uh, their peak. The, the audience that, that you're talking about, the third one, that, that they're neither LARPers or the transmedia people, who, I mean, that, that's a broad catch-all. Are you looking at the general kind of storytellers or Hollywood people, entertainment people, writers? Or who, are, who, are, who are the people, more specifically, who are neither transmedia or LARPers that you're trying to reach? Well, let's see. A few things come to mind uh, based upon the events we have. Um, we have a panel which is being led by Blizzard Entertainment's top designers, the people who created World of Warcraft. And they're going to speak about storytelling in uh, Blizzard's upcoming games as well as uh, the existing uh, properties that they produce. And so anybody who is in the video game industry or likes video games or plays World of Warcraft would definitely be interested in that. Um, if you've ever watched Game of Thrones and you want to know how to make languages, the creator of the Dothraki language will be there and uh, you can learn how to actually create your own language. So these, those two are just examples of things that aren't specific to transmedia or interactive storytelling itself, but at the same time, they would improve or polish your world. So if I'm telling a story, knowing how to make my own language, Vulcan did it, obviously creates a greater depth. And we find that finding ways to create polish without breaking your budget is probably one of those valuable things you'll get at WeirdCon. And if you're learning to just be a writer, you want to create that world and make it more immersive within your own stories, maybe you just want to do books. Maybe you're a, an Imagineer from Disney and you want to find a way to grab people more uh, in the storytelling aspects beyond the, the ride at Disneyland. Then uh, there's definitely aspects and events you can apply that skill to. Maybe you just want to start a business in storytelling. We have that too. So 
there's different aspects that help add to the depth of transmedia and storytelling, but for those who aren't in those, they can gain a lot of detail that can be spread to other things as well. And you, you've, you've uh, rounded up a pretty good rogues gallery of speakers for this event. I'm looking at, uh, I think you got Lance Weiler and Jeff Gomez and Allison Norrington, among others. Absolutely. Um, we've actually uh, kind of broken the mold, and we reached out and we got what, in my opinion, are the, the top people in the uh, transmedia storytelling world. Um, same thing on the LARC side. We've got people who have been doing uh, and running live-action events for over 20, 30 years. Uh, some of the oldest people in the uh, in the history who've actually constructed. So these people have been doing it for years beyond counting, and the quality and the depth of their events are are there for everyone. At the same time, on the flip side, we have new designers, um, people who have never done it before, who want to step up and actually gain the exposure. Because if you run something at WeirdCon, you do a panel, you do a, a storytelling event, and you're new to it. This is probably one of the safest places you can go to do it. We cover everything for you, and you're surrounded by designers who, after seeing your event, can give you pointers on how to do better. If you want to actually get better at your craft, what better place than to run or an event or an activity surrounded by the people who are also trying to get better? The feedback you get is important. I would imagine that your, your, your typical LARPer, if there is such a thing, is, is pretty non-judgmental personality type. Um, actually, that's, some would disagree that. Most LARPers um, have their perception of this is my LARP and it is perfect, and all other LARPs besides that are not. That's a common, common thread that you can probably pick up. Um, who is it? There, there's someone who actually wrote a, uh, a particular book on that recently, uh, Sarah Bowman. We had her as a guest of honor last year. She has written a, a few books on uh, LARPs and role-playing and how uh, the variety uh, changes based upon your perception and how you get into the world. And everyone's perception is different about what they look for. Well, when, I, when, I, when I say non-judgmental, I mean that nobody's, nobody's going to make fun of you for LARPing at, at WeirdCon. Oh. oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, this is probably the safest place to try it ever. I mean, people will come by who've never done this before. I had a someone last year. He, uh, he's a business professional. He's run his own business for 10, 15 years. And um, he has been involved in comedy sports for a long time. And he took his three sons to the convention to actually interact. And they participated in um, one of the uh, interactive events last year. It was actually run by someone in the transmedia world who was trying to get into more of the, the LARPing world. And uh, his son was actually the star of the show, who stood up and uh, made these outrageous claims and portrayed himself in such a way that the rest of the audience participants were inspired. This 12-year-old boy, surrounded by people in their 40s and 50s, became uh, the person leading the charge and the journey down, uh, down the story. It was stunning to actually witness, and that little aspect is exactly what Weird Con is about, giving someone uh, the next uh, opportunity the new, the new experience, just like when I was chased by that spider, people still get that. And if I can do that for one person, that makes it all worthwhile. Let's talk about that. What is the, the, the value of uh, participating in a LARP rather than, say, going to see a Greek tragedy? Is there a sort of communal ritualistic aspect to, to a LARP that, that lets somebody 
engage with it in a way that in a way that 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 our culture is sort of lost we don't really have a whole lot of shared rituals anymore we used to all go to the movies or watch tv at the same time and that's all changing and even though with all this kind of social networking technology we're still it, there's still a level of isolation in that you have this screen and the mouse and the keyboard that's separating you from somebody else does does a larp return to society i know this is getting very lofty a, a mechanism for people to relate to each other and then through that relate to the world around them through like a shared experience. I will say that uh, a LARP is definitely a shared experience. Um, by its very nature, the group dynamic is one of the key points within that world. You as the individual are thrust into a story which is completely different than what you're doing now or augments what you are doing right now. It enhances it somewhat. Um, you have the ability to be someone and represent yourself in ways you normally can't do every day. Um, to put it a different way, um, everyone gets rewarded for something differently. I mean, yes, we all get paid in our job, but at the same time, anything that makes us feel good strokes our ego or we're rewarded for our accomplishments, etc. Those different things come more into play in the LARP because you take a step into this world and you have the choice to define something within that group that's completely new and you create this camaraderie within that world which is something we don't have much anymore. I mean the old days before cell phones and electronic communication you wanted to go meet someone you actually had to go meet them. Nowadays that doesn't happen as much but this is one of the few activities left where everyone comes together everyone is all there for the same purpose and regardless of what happens, you're in it together to share this story. And good or bad the story may be, the people around you are what make it special. And even if you've never met any of them and you're nervous stepping onto that lot for the first time, the people around will welcome you because you're going to be part of that story with them. And they know that at any moment, you could be the one to save their life in that story. Or you could be the one that has the, the secret that will take them to the next place. Or maybe you're just the person there who will watch and comfort when the need comes. You never know what that person is. And it creates a unique bond because unlike meeting someone on the street, everyone at LARP will have a purpose and they will have a direction that may change everything in your life and that story as well. Every character that you read in a book is doing something in that book or else the author wouldn't have written about that character. Are there any general rules that, that somebody participating in a LARP needs to follow? I'm, I'm thinking specifically like in an improv group, you always are supposed to say yes. If somebody throws out an idea, you, you go with it. You never contradict it. Is that similar in a LARP or is it different because there, there's parameters set up that, the, to establish the, the story world that you're participating in? It depends upon the game and the interaction. Um, if I were to describe a combat LARP, there's definitely a rules for the combat that have to be fair and honestly it's very related to the honor system. It's pretty obvious if you're hit with a sword, we're not going to cut your arm off, but we really do expect you to acknowledge that you've been hit with that sword and you should treat your arm as wounded. Um, but things that aren't combat related usually don't have the same level of stringent experience. It's more you have to believe into what you're doing and have faith in the moment. They don't want people who don't care or mock what they're there for. Somebody who is there to find faults doesn't last long. 
You have to walk in with an open mind and be willing to be part of that story. And probably number one rule, be willing to be part of the story you have stepped into. How does this work? Is there a game master who oversees things? Do they tell people what to do? Do they assign roles? If, if I've never done a LARP before and I'm going to WeirdCon and I see there's a LARP on the schedule with the premise that sounds interesting, I walk in the door, what, what can I expect? Well, um, it depends upon the LARP, but you, there is a designer in charge of every game. Uh, WeirdCon makes that a requirement. We need one point of contact, and that person is in charge of the event. In many cases, there's one designer. In other cases, there are multiple. Um, picking one that's probably going to be popular, uh, Firefly. There is a Firefly LARP at WeirdCon. It's been there last year. It's coming back. And uh, that particular event is uh, run by uh, one or two designers. And the designers are the, the, the term uh, WeirdCon uses for a game master or a plot person, the person who is in charge of that story. And they create the uh, environment in the world, they set the rules, and they make the calls. And just like in a, any role-playing game, those people have the final say. So when you walk in, your basic goal is just to find that person. And you simply say, hi, my name's Rich. I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm going to do. Can you help me or refer me to someone who can? And that person will do it. And that is an expectation that will happen every single time. You will run into somebody there. And I guarantee after the first hour, you'll be totally into what you're doing. That's how weird kind of works. At the same time, you could be in a different scenario. Um, last year, there was an event called Speed, which was a very technologically innovative LARP. And what it was was there was two rooms, but no precise GM. In one room, you were sitting in front of a laptop. And the other was your partner, your Speed, who was blindfolded and outfitted with a webcam. And they went into a nearly pitch dark room like they were exploring a space station. And you had to guide your speed via radio to find and manipulate objects, go through tunnels, and fight uh, monsters on some sort of alien landscape. And through that, there was no GM, but all you had to do was just guide this person from A to B. And it was very challenging just to do that exploration. So sometimes you don't need a GM, and sometimes you do depending upon the scenario. But in the end, there's always someone there to help you with a, what I'll call the technical aspect to make sure that you're successful. Uh, Angelique, what, what were the LARPs that you participated in in the past, and uh, what did you get out of it? Well, um, last year, um, Aaron, who's uh, he's a member of our Transmedia LA group. That's Aaron Vanek. He was running a LARP. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> He was running, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was basically a cocktail party in hell, mm -hmm. <laughs> or in purgatory, rather. And that was my very first experience. It was extremely unique, different. Um, you got to be someone that you weren't, so there was an escape of reality type of aspect. And it was a different form of storytelling I hadn't really experienced yet, so it was really eye-opening to be how people got into their characters and how ingrained they were. I, so it was a very different experience. And then I helped Erin at the, uh, the Steampunk convention on the Queen Mary run with some transmedia elements of a LARP slash ARG that he was running. And that, that gave me a little bit of 
um, insight from the creation standpoint and how are these things actually created, how in-depth do the stories go, how different provisions are made based off of what could possibly happen. So it really, to me, it's just giving me other tools in my toolbox of storytelling and how can I use these things in various ways or aspects of these things to help myself tell better stories. So really that's what LARP has, has given me um, and Transmedia as well, just better ways and different ways to tell stories. And that's why I think it's very important that storytellers throughout the industry, throughout the, as well as audiences that just experience, that just love stories, come to events like this and learn about different ways they can tell stories. You actually hit on something which I think is probably one of the more interesting differences between, say, transmedia storytelling and uh, live action or interactive storytelling at a grad level, which is in interactive storytelling, you as the designer cannot control the entire story, whereas in transmedia you can. And what I mean by that is when a group of people are sitting out there and interacting with each other personally, they're going to walk up and what happens if they kill Hamlet in the first act? That's going to completely change your story. But in the transmedia world, you can control that Hamlet lives no matter what. So the storyteller has to plan. I would actually. Go ahead, Angelique. I would beg to differ that. I was going to say, I would beg to differ about the um, creator controlling the entire story in a transmedia setting. Because if you open that story up to audience interaction and it's truly a transmedia experience, there are times where the audience can get ahead of the story and therefore change the story, which I think is a really good correlation between transmedia and LARP because they both do have audiences that are actively participating and those audiences can completely change what you think your outcome is going to be. This is true. There, there are several ways that you can set up a transmedia narrative or an ARG, and there are ones where the story really is set in stone. But a lot of the ARGs are more fluid, and, and then in that way to share more in common with, with, with the LARP, and that, like Angelique said, the participants can, in fact, change the story, and the, the, what's sometimes called the puppet master in an ARG sort of does have to change the story and address what's happening on the fly. What are the, the, the barriers for somebody wanting to participate in an ARP that's going to prevent them from having a good experience? Is, is the number one barrier too much self-consciousness or expectation or, or how, how do we set these things aside also? Um, do you mean at WeirdCon or in general? In, in general. Um, the biggest challenge with an ARG I've always found is getting them in, getting the, uh, the gateway to entry because someone has to be seeking that and the level of involvement an ARG has at the beginning compared to others, in my opinion, is, is less immersive. And that's because it, it, by its definition, augments reality, so you notice less of a change. So taking some of the, the common concepts of a simple one, a modern day, which involves text messages and fax machines, you start participating in it and you get a few messages here and there, that's not going to affect your day as much. Whereas transmedia or a live action event, you're there and there's something directly in front of your face that changes what you see and perceive. So ours have the challenge of that uh, it's not as quick a change in perception 
of the world around you, and it's harder to grab your audience as well. Let's say that I am LARP curious, and I'm going to go to WeirdCon, and I'm going to participate in a LARP or two. How do I, okay. what, what do I do to, to, what's the best way to mentally prepare myself? If I'm feeling particularly self-conscious, or I think this is a strange thing to be doing, and people are going to be looking at me, and all that kind of stuff, how do I, how do I get over that to, to just be in the experience? All right, well, uh, let me ask you a few questions. Rich, um, what type of books do you read? I mean... General. Uh, I, I read a lot of uh, nonfiction biography. I, I do read some fiction, classic literature, but most of my stuff tends to be uh, history. Okay, so history based. So um, you would probably be more drawn to things that are um, somehow historical in nature and less likely to be, say, science fiction or uh, more fantasy. So less elves and uh, spaceships and more. Uh, Roman or Western style, something that's more grounded. Is that it? Sure. Okay. So going from that, I would probably pick things that would be uh, in that mindset because you can more relate to that mindset. So if you're looking for something more uh, historically grounded, there are definitely uh, events and uh, interactive things at WeirdCon that fit that mold more closely. So you walk in and what you perceive mentally as fitting that style in your head. So let's say you're going into something about the Alamo. Well, obviously, then you know what to expect because of what you've read and experienced. And it's going to have some of that aspect, enough that if you walk in, you're going to be more comfortable because you're familiar with it. Versus, let's say you walked into um, Star Wars. You haven't really, that's not your thing, so it's not going to pull you in. So the story itself, what you imagine it being, is probably going to be similar to what you're going to experience once you get past uh, the initial exposure to it. What I mean by that is uh, uh, you're in a convention room and there's some tables. It's not obviously going to look like the Alamo, but the people there, they're going to be interacting like you are there. And so you do it based upon what your experience is. And it'll fit very quickly based upon that. So lean on what you know and you can go from there. Why do you think that there's a kind of, uh, the word stigma is really harsh, I think, but a, a barrier or stigma to participating in a LARP that isn't there for, okay, let me put it this way. If I'm going to audition for my local community theater or professional theater uh, for a play that's about the Alamo, everybody would say, that's awesome, that's amazing, you're going to audition, maybe you'll get a part playing a cowboy on this great stage production about the Alamo. But if you're doing the same thing for a LARP that's about the Alamo, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're like some kind of uber Dungeons and Dragons geek and you're doing a LARP, blah. What's the difference? There is no difference, right? As a matter of fact, um, I would argue that you're doing something that's more beneficial to you by going out into a, a live setting than a theater. Because in a theater, you're doing something that's complete, usually scripted and you're just doing the performance on stage. Whereas in a live event, you have to change your mindset and react in a more creatively challenging way to the situation. Usually it takes more skills, such as combat, or uh, honestly, the ability to manipulate or socialize to be successful in comparison to a performance. And uh, there's a lot more drama and depth to it because it's pervasive and long-term, 
I mean, everything we're talking about is pervasive. Like transmedia, art, arts, everything here is pervasive in some way. Um, then a normal performance. You don't walk away from those, from what we do. Yeah, and when I finish your art bridge, I'm going to want to know what happens next. You're not completing your story in one event. I leave uh, a theatrical performance. It's over. So why, why is it that theaters are so much more welcome than the others? It's because of how it started. And it's just what the, the stigma and perception has been marketed by uh, a lot of the general media. But that's not at all what it is. As a matter of fact, within the LARP world, people think, well, it's a bunch of guys getting together in the woods and it's the geekiest thing ever. Um, I run five chapters of uh, five different live action events. We get 50 to 75 people per event for the, the active one. And it's at least 65% female. And uh, these are that's completely different than the normal perception out there within the LARP community. So I met my own fiance through live action role playing. So they're out there and it's a open community that's definitely nothing like you would expect. So what you're saying is that, that live action role playing is a great place to meet women. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great place to meet guys too, you know. But as you said, sixty-five percent women. So single men out there, take note. Hey, and, and I'll point this out: if, if you're in the combat one, I mean, these are people who are actually exercising, moving around, running. I mean, you go to a weekend event. I, I log the amount of uh, distance I cover in miles—ten, fifteen miles up and down steep hills. The amount of exercise you can get at these things is enormous. You talk to somebody who. Uh, is working out at the gym. So, yeah, I work out at the gym three times a week. So, yeah, well, I ran 15, 20 miles uh, over like 30 degree slopes constantly. I was being chased by people all weekend and not casually running from people. I was running for my life because you really were, because that was the level of interaction. That was the sort of thing. How do people, how do people uh, find these, these LARPs that you're involved with? Are, are you in the Los Angeles area? Uh, yes. I am a local in Los Angeles. I run a group called uh, Live Effects, which has a different, uh, five different chapters. Um, there's a group called LARP Alliance, which actually has, uh, makes it their goal to advertise a number of different live action events across the country. So if you're not in the area, I encourage you to check that out. Um, but they're pretty much all over. Or honestly, come to WeirdCon, because most of those uh, live action events are coming to run their activities at WeirdCon and then go back. They're trying to get attendees for their regular games as well. And WeirdCon is coming up. We're about two months out from it, I think. It starts on June 21st, correct? Yes. Thursday through Sunday. Um, Thursday evening. Yes. It's uh, in one month, 28 days, 13 hours, and 17 minutes from this recording. And it is in Costa Mesa, California, which is in Orange County, just south of Los Angeles. Yes, it's right next to the Orange County Airport, so it's a very quick uh, flight in and about a $10 cab ride to the hotel from the airport. So you can easily get there from pretty much anywhere. Is there anything else you guys want to want to touch on before we wrap this up? I just really want to reiterate about all the amazing guests and experiences that we have this year. Um, as you mentioned, we do have Jess Gomez coming as our guest of honor we have a panel that is being run by Blizzard, which is going to be 
quite impressive. And this is really the only time that fans of Blizzard Entertainment can interact with their story teams. And uh, this year, they're not actually having a BlizzCon convention. So we have some really great one-of-a-kind experiences that you're not going to get anywhere else. And I would love to see everybody there because if they want to learn about interactive storytelling, if this is something they want to do either as an audience member or as their livelihood or just as a passion project, this is really going to be the place to be because you're going to learn so much and you're going to be able to experience things that you never would have thought possible. And I'll just say that uh, WeirdCon is the only place I know um, that you'll be able to go on a ghost hunt with the LA Ghost Patrol on Thursday night. You will learn a, a little bit about love and how to interact with it in the world of role-playing. You'll experience how to make a new language from scratch. You'll hear about uh, the latest uh, stories from Blizzard Entertainment and World of Warcraft. You will be on the... You could be the captain of the starship a few hours later, and then uh, you could be manufacturing your own sword, sewing uh, the next costuming piece, and then finally actually doing uh, actual weapon combat and learning from uh, martial, uh, martial artist masters in the evening. Or perhaps you just want to be uh, part of the Star Wars or Firefly group, or even uh, the world of Harry Potter. We have all of that here as well. So it's a huge variety of things. You can learn about uh, how to create the story, how to transform the story in transmedia, or you can just relax on the board of your own starship. So it's all available, and you can only find it at WeirdCon. Very good. Well, thank you so much. No problem. Thanks so much, Rich. You're welcome. Talk soon. Take care. Thank you. Pleasure. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Ira Ham, chairman of the WeirdCon conference, and Angelique Toshi, marketing director for WeirdCon, And I just want to reiterate that WeirdCon is not just for LARPs and for LARPers. So even if that's not your thing, but you are interested in interactive storytelling, transmedia, and ARGs, there's a lot that WeirdCon has to offer, and it's local here in Southern California in Costa Mesa at the end of June. If you live locally or want to come out and visit Southern California in the early summertime, it's a great time to be here. Uh, Everybody loves SoCal in June. So I would encourage everybody to come on out if you can. It's going to be a good time, and there's going to be a lot of educational things going on for people in this field. And as always, if you're looking to find me individually, you can visit me on my website, richsilverman.com. You can email me there, or you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is my first and last name. Peter and I are planning a whole bunch of other great podcasts for you, so look for those coming out in the next few months. Take care, everyone. Bye.